Well, good evening, everyone. Welcome to another edition of This Week in the Bush League, hosted by the Chief and the Champ. I'm the Chief, and today I'm going to tell you how to get over on uh, high-end hotels and the minibar. Yes, I'm always looking for those kinds of uh, tricks. And aloha, I am the Champ, and this is the Bush League's podcast is entering its fifth decade of unparalleled, or not fifth decade, I guess it's the half decade of unparalleled mediocrity. It is unparalleled. I don't know. And, and see, <laughs> see what I did there? I even messed up just to show how mediocre I am. <laughs> well, you, you probably did it on purpose just to make the emphasis, make the point. Well, it, it, it is part of the shtick, right? It is, yeah. Um, yeah what guess, kind of hacks do you have? What kind of travel hacks do you have for me? Yeah, so I'm, I'm reading this book. It's called Head in Beds. Heads in Beds. And it's written by a guy who um, was a gm at a pretty large hotel chain and it's his story how he started valet all the way up to gm and 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 just the ins and outs of working in that industry and he said that if you're in a high-end hotel deny 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 and the hotel will never say you're lying so you can drink out of the mini hotel mini bar in your room say you never did it and they will take it off no questions asked and he's, little shaggy going on there right wasn't me he said D- just deny it he said there's people that used to explain to him for 20 minutes and he had that off their charges within the first three seconds and he just let him talk because a, a, a good hotel would never say you're lying so just deny it wasn't I, me I, it, isn't that true about most service any oriented businesses um there's probably ways to to not say you're lying, but to say it, if that makes any sense. Yeah. yeah. But it's not worth it, right? Because people feel like they're so entitled, right? All the Karens feel they're entitled. So So he did say there is, uh, they have, I, and I don't, I never look in the hotel minibar, to be honest with you. Um, but some of them have sensors. So if you pick like a bottle up, it's a sensor there and it, it automatically charges your room. What? Yeah. He said some of them have sensors. So there you go. And he said if you want any, if you want stuff, like free stuff, tip the, um, tip the person checking you in. And all of a sudden there will be upgrades. Yep. So let me ask you, when is, because you had just recently traveled. Correct. Last week, and that's why we. Well, two weeks ago you were traveling, um, and then I was out last week traveling. Um, did you try this travel hack? And well, where did you go? No. Well, I went to Patuxent, Maryland. It's pretty far down on the western shore. It's a naval base, and I had to stay on the naval base. So no, I. There were no hacks, and okay. there was no hotel minibar at the naval base. So. Where do your travels take you this year, and where do you think you might uh, employ said well, travel hack? Right. Uh, I'm going to employ it when we go to the Midwest. One of the cities we're going to stay at an Airbnb, and the other city we're going to stay at a hotel downtown. So Now, now does this we include the, the Bush League? Might you be attending the, the Bush oh, League? Oh, yeah, because um, I want to go to Detroit. Yeah, maybe I'll try that. Okay. Yeah. I'm not sure which is first, to be honest with you. But here's I will the, try. Here's the idea. How about this? How about this? 
if you and I room together, we go into somebody else's room and try it from their room. <laughs> see if the sensors work. Hey, we're just going yeah. to try out the sensors. <laughs> yeah. And then we can set them up and they can honestly say it wasn't them. It wasn't me. Just deny it. Yep. And they'll yep. take it off. There, there's a little tip for you folks. How to save $60 <laughs> on whiskey, which you could buy. Nice. Yeah. But by the way, I mean, you can't anywhere these days get a beer um, for under, what, eight bucks? Really? And most mixed drinks now are 15 well, starting I, at? I know wine is creeping up as well. And yeah. I, and there's there's some places that are $15 a glass, which is ridiculous. When you think about that. Wow. Yeah. I don't know. It, to, to me, it's just it's just easier to drink at home. Uh, obviously, I didn't follow that when I was in Hawaii. But, um, yeah, it, these days it's just easier to have something at home. Yeah, My goodness. Christy and I go to that Quips on Mondays. We don't go every Monday, but uh, they have $4 beers and dollar wings. That's what we get. We get five wings Is, each and is their four-dollar beer selection pretty robust, or is it scant? No, it's all European. That's where I get that speckled hen. From what, what, what type? What type of European is it? Like the the Amstels or no, no, like no, 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 no. It's not a yeah. It's not Americanized European. It's um. They have a lot of Scottish. I guess it would be ales. Um, okay. They have a couple from Germany. And then a couple from England, and I get the I get the speckled head all the time, because I love it. Okay. And I found a little beer distributor that sells it now. So. Oh wow! It's not the same as out of a pouring it out of a bottle as it is a draft. You, you know what I mean? But it's still good. Can I ask? Can I can I just clarify something? So the rooster loves the speckled hen. Yeah, isn't that so funny? Yeah. <laughs> it's ironic. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, love the speckled. <laughs> no, it's head. my job to come up with those uh, those I, types of things. I even got Christy drinking it now. Really? She gets the speckled head. Yeah. Yeah, I'll bring some to the draft. Okay. And you can oh, try. Wow. It. Speaking of which, I think that kind of well, no, I don't know if that really transitions at this point. We'll save it for later. All right. Uh, speak. What, what do we got? Twenty-eight days to the start of baseball. Is that that what it is? sounds about right. Because um, who's playing in Asia? I, I, you know, I am so far behind. I don't even know what's going on. Bring, bring me up to date. Uh, I think we're twenty-eight days out, and I think the Dodgers play in is it in Korea or Japan. I can't remember. Um, but they play before. They have a three-game series before our draft. Yeah, we've done this before. That's, that's yeah. It's whatever. Deal. It's not a big deal. Yep. Um, but, I, I, yeah, like I said, I think we're about 28 days. So that's that's it's coming up. We're in the four-week mark. So yeah, we're, it's coming up fast. Where are you at in the process? You just said you don't know what's going on. Are you almost done? Almost, I haven't even started. I, I have never started so late. And I think the problem is is I feel like, um, you know, it's, it's like a college student, right? When you have this big term paper, but you also have time to do it, and then you wait until the last minute. If I were still working, 
I would have started back in in January, not knowing that I wasn't going to be able to do anything in the evenings. Now it's just like, eh, I got time for it, and it's going to roll up on me pretty quick. Uh, yeah, I mean, you get a little over four weeks. A little over four weeks. Um, where, where are you? Uh, about halfway. But of course, it, it takes some time now because there's still guys getting signed. Um, I think Diego Garcia, Diego Gar- Diego Castillo actually went back to the Pirates. So he he got cut last year, went to the Phillies. Then he, the Mariners picked him up, and then the I think the Diamondbacks picked him up. They released him, and I, the Pirates picked him back up. So, it, but that's the stuff that's going on. If you looked at the MLB transactions the last week, you'll see some signings, but. Um, most of it's minor league uh, invites, you know, uh, to spring training. But there's there's one thing I wanted to discuss. Uh, we'll talk about that in baseball news. But I imagine everyone's at least halfway with their prep. Really, I, I'm I'm going to say, and and this would be a question for everybody listening. I'm going to say that most of them probably have just just started to look at things. Okay. Yeah, um, I don't. I don't think they're they're probably far along at, at, at all. That would be my guess. All right. And and you know what? I'm taking a step back this year. I'm I'm not going to look at it like every day like I did last year. I'm gonna. What do you mean? I'm just gonna. I might just. I'm. I, I'm not going to overanalyze. I think I the last couple of years I've kind of overanalyzed, just trying to find the best strategy and come up with different strategies. And I don't. I don't think that works because I think everything just gets blown up the. Uh, out, out the window when, when you get to the draft table. And and that's what I love uh, about the, the – when I say draft, it's really yeah, the auction. Right. Yeah. The, the auction is the best way to go. It's it, – you know, every you can have every player and you can lose any player. It, 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 the dynamics of it is just so tough. Um, it's it, And it's going to be even more interesting, I think, this year um, now that we have, you know, a couple retention – um, changes and you know reserve round changes, so it's it's going to be good. I still want to overthink it. That's the problem. Okay, all right. But you go in with a like I'd like to, I'd like to compete for these five players. Oh yeah, I, yeah. I have players that I that I target. Yeah. Um, last year I targeted a couple players, lost out on those, got some other ones that I thought I wanted, and they were horrible. So was, yeah, they were pretty good after they got traded though. <laughs> They were. <laughs> one of them won. Go a, figure. One of them won a World Series. <laughs> yeah. All right. So maybe I'm overestimating halfway. I think I'm closer okay. to the halfway spectrum than the just beginnings side. Really? Wow. Yeah. Good for you. That's awesome. All right. Hey, I can I ask you a question? Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. So you know, as part of the you know uh, uh, an emerging. Um, section we have here segment um it's the ask the chief and this is the time of year that the the question comes really easy is who are this year's rooster wing selections because we we, our last podcast was january 1st and they had the mlb hall of fame announcement which i couldn't even tell you who was um, inducted into the hall of fame or going to be inducted um but um where do you stand who are this year's um Rooster well, Wings selections. Well, um, using the same scenario of the draft day prep, I'm more of the – I haven't – well, I've started, but I'm not, <laughs> not halfway. 
<laughs> I have the guys, and I have I'm literally literally looking at the papers on my desk right now, and with scribble notes all over the place. And I went through like a ten day period of I don't feel like doing anything, and I didn't do anything. Couple things to that. No, number one, we we talked about <laughs> this on January first. Okay, so this is what thirty fifty one. Yeah, this is like seven weeks later. You haven't done anything, and yeah, right. your ten days of not feeling like you're doing anything is really. This is this is my fourth year coming up <laughs> one of not really feeling like doing anything. There's times where I wanted to do it, but I. <laughs> oh boy! And can, 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 this can year I have a, I... this year I have a theme. So, you have a theme. Yeah, I, I went with a theme this year. Like a theme for the rooster wing selection. Do you want to give us a hint or a teaser? Uh, short. Short, okay. Short players. All right. Short players. Because we get overlooked. Hmm. Short players get overlooked. Chicks dig the long ball. They don't like okay. short players. All right. Maybe so we call this the Randy Newman. Um, no, it's not. Selections. Yeah, oh, okay. Yeah, I see where you're going with that. Yeah. <laughs> so we're going with short players this year. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I'll be, rest assured, I'll have it before our next one. I'll have it squared away. I don't know. That's only two weeks. Well, no, it's three weeks. We'll give you an extra week. How's that? I'm going to finish it by Friday. You'll wow. see it, You'll okay. see it in the, in the spreadsheet or the, whatever we call this, Google Docs. Okay. You'll see it in there. All right. Yeah, All right. I got gotcha. you. Hey, should I talk about uh, real quickly um, just the was it four players that were named into the Hall of Fame? Yeah, who were they? Um, if the Hall of Fame site, National Baseball League Hall of Fame site, is correct here, uh, Jim Leland as a manager. Oh, yeah. Okay. Fair enough. That's which good. is nice. Yep. Nice. Uh, Adrian Belt- Beltre. Okay. Todd Helton. Yeah, that's right. I forgot about him. Um, and Joe Maurer. Joe Maurer. Yeah. All right. Okay. Man, eight. I'm looking any, at any yeah. off the cuff remarks on that. Uh, Adrian Beltre had some numbers, but yeah, I, he did. He had three thousand hits, so I feel like that's an automatic three thousand hits. I I don't look at the home runs as much in that era because who knows what was going on, but really had a really consistent career, 1,700 RBIs, um, hit 286 as a career hitter, um, 600 doubles, 636 doubles. That's a lot, man. Mm. I mean, that's yeah, a lot of doubles. And he had 477 homers. Uh, played from when he was 19 till he was 39. Yeah. Yeah, he was. I, he played I remember in, him. As yeah. a, he started as a Dodger, right? He did. Yep. Yeah. And he played in a, a obscure city, Seattle and Texas. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, he, he, yeah, he had a really good. I didn't know his numbers were that high, to be honest with you. What was his career OPS? Eight nineteen. Okay. Nice. And uh, you said Joe Maurer, right? Yeah, I'm looking at Joe Maurer's. Career okay. stats right here. Guess how many home runs he had? Three hundred. One hundred and forty-three. Okay. What was his average? Uh, interesting. On this particular page, they don't have it. Um, his OPS was 
827. Okay. Um, actually, actually, you know what? It takes me to, <laughs> of all things, takes me to baseball reference. His career batting average was 306 with a 55.2 war. Uh, that's pretty high. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And, and I think you gain, uh, um, I wonder how much of that's defensive versus offensive. And here's what's interesting. And I'm thinking, well, maybe he paved the way for Yadi Molina. Yadi's career war is only 42.1. Hmm. Yeah, that's tough, right? And and what about Pudge? Uh, let's take a look here. Devon Rodriguez. Yeah. What's his war? 68. I mean, he was 58. 68. Yeah. See, that's gonna... Oh, wow. Wow. It kind of puts Molina in a different light. Yeah, it does. Doesn't it? It does. Holy smokes. And Mal- Rodriguez, I'm going to make sure I got the right guy. Yeah, Von Rodriguez, 68.7 war. He had 2,800 hits. Damn. 500 doubles, 300 homers, and hit 296? Jeez. Yeah, that's going to be... Holy smokes! That's twice. Oh, it's not twice as what Molina is, but it's forty percent higher. My gosh! Yeah, man, that's gonna be tough, dude. Yeah, I think he'll it get is. in. Although he's coming, he's coming back to be some sort of coach. I'm not sure um, for the Cardinals. I'm not sure if it's special projects or some sort Plus, of. Plus, he'll coach. get in in this era of like uh, highlights on your phone and all that stuff. He's got great highlight reels. Molina, yeah, of throwing guys out. So, yeah, I I, I don't think there would be any issue with him, but it does put it in a different light of Pudge Rodriguez or or Molina or or Maurer. Certainly, it, it, Rodriguez is with bench. Those type of numbers. Yeah. Yeah. And I, yeah, I, 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 I did look at Helton. Um, yeah, he was he was a pretty pretty good hitter for. Most of his career, he hit over 300. Um, he did play in Colorado, but, I mean, he did put up the numbers. A lot of people playing in Colorado don't put up numbers. So, <laughs> at least he put them up. Uh, yeah, I, I, I didn't care about Helton. I don't care either way, I guess. You, are you yeah, kind of I indifferent mean, to Todd Helton? He's a 61.8 war and a 953 OPS. Yeah. In an era where, I'm sure he, he didn't seem like a steroid guy, but. And he played in that Colorado Stadium, but whatever. Yeah, he he racked them up, and he was a. What he, if, I think he won the batting title at least once, maybe twice. What about Jim Leland? I mean, he was he's a throwback manager, wasn't he? Oh yeah, with the smoking and the and the coffee in the dugout thing. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. And he was a lifer, like he's a baseball lifer. He got. He, he probably played since he was a teenage in the system. So um, I thought he had a good run with the Pirates, and then that team just broke up. So really, it's not his fault. Uh, he won three division titles with them. And then went to the Marlins and had that stacked team, a lot of pressure on him, and he won the World Series. Had a stint in Colorado. I don't know what happened there. But 2006, or maybe 2005 is when uh, – 
you know, the Phillies were interested in him, and they hired Charlie Manuel instead. And I definitely think Leland's a better manager than Charlie Manuel. And I'm wondering if the Phillies would have either won another one or got to another one with, with uh, Leland as the skipper. Hmm. Interesting. He won two pennants with the Tigers. Yeah, yeah, in 2006 and 2012. Yeah, they they just had, they had a good team in 2006. They just had a bad World Series against the Cardinals. Yeah, and they ran into the Giants, which they were on a run. I mean, they just yeah, but yeah, he I I think he's definitely a Hall of Fame manager. I I would agree. I mean, his winning percentage wasn't that great, but that's not always indicative of a manager, right? He was a 506 winning percentage. Three pennants in a World Series. Yeah, I I don't have any issues um, yeah. with that. And he did, I mean, he basically managed in small markets with Pittsburgh and Detroit mixed in with Florida, which, you know, and, and I know they had a really good team and they had some, you know, players that they sold off at the end of that, but it's a lot of pressure when you have a really good team to win. Yeah. And sometimes it's even more pressure. Boy, they, they had some guys on that team, man. Like You know the great thing about him is is that he, he when he first started managing in Pittsburgh in nineteen eighty six, he was forty one years old and yeah. he looked old then. So <laughs> I, I guess, you know, you say, Hey, he hasn't changed at all it's because he just looked old then. <laughs> he did look old. Yeah. Yeah, right? Like Sparky Anderson. You yeah, know? he always when looked he was, old. Too. When he started managing, he looked like he was old. He had white hair. Yeah. 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 And we'll talk more about that later at the end of our podcast. Okay. Um, we had some text talk. Uh, Hawks. Well, he jumped on the umpires already. Yeah, I know, right? I, that that kind of came, came out, out of nowhere, nowhere, right? Yeah, it did. Yeah, I thought yeah. maybe it was like mid June. I I missed something. <laughs> Hawks coming in hot. Boom! <laughs> I'm surprised CBS wasn't attacked. Hashtag CBS sucks or something. <laughs> <laughs> Man, let this be a warning to you guys. You better be on your P's and Q's when you go down to Sea Isle uh, in, in four weeks. I'm, I'm not. I'm not messing around there. Uh, and then the dudes in Lakers ask about the draft details, and we got that squared away. Yeah, I, I think so. Uh, I understand for the dudes. Um, Lakers were there when it happened, but <laughs> I guess he just needed a an, another reminder. Um, but he was present when all that was talked about. <laughs> Yeah, and I guess uh, we, we should probably talk to Bob or I will shoot a text out. I think many of us are coming Saturday morning, so uh, I would we probably need to talk about a draft time. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you. I, I, I can't go there Friday night because I know it's going to take place Friday night, and I, I need to stay, you know, somewhat um, uh, – Lucid. I, I just need to concentrate. Yeah, on Saturday. So, um, yeah, I'll, I'll be staying Saturday night, but I, I won't be staying Friday night. I'm going to roll up on Saturday morning, like you. Okay. So maybe, uh, yeah, I think Rick and Case and I are going to drive down together. Um, gotcha. So maybe like a noonish, one o'clock. I mean, even if I don't care what what time, I'll, well, I'll get there with you know an hour or two to spare. It won't won't, won't well, matter. It's a couple much hours. Later, I just can't do the night before. Yeah, yeah. Because it's not. It won't end well. Okay. Okay. All right. Uh, baseball news. Uh, you, well, you've said you're not following the transactions. 
Yeah, so tell me what's going on here. I mean, what, what do we want to look at? Which off-season transactions? We talk about players that have been signed, haven't been signed. Well, most recently. Uh, let me ask you one that I heard about. Um, um, I, I heard the Phillies signed uh, Whit Merrifield. Is yeah, that right? yeah, that's a nice little deal for them. One year, right? Yeah, I, I, I think it. it's a nice little deal for the yeah. Phillies too. That's, don't you? that's what I mean. Yeah, yeah, I love it. Play, plays infield, outfield, can steal some bags. I think that's a nice pickup. Very nice for a one-year deal. Yes. Yeah. Hey, ne- next podcast, March 11th, we're gonna, you and I are gonna talk about MLB predictions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So be okay. prepared. All right, be that's... prepared for that. Uh, and then Brandon Woodruff goes back to the Brewers. Uh, so isn't he hurt? I think he was hurt. I think he pitched at the end of the year last year. Did he? Yeah, I okay. think he, I think he started off on the DL. Um, and how about Burns? Being traded to the Orioles. I was going to say you want you want to talk about a Brewer pitcher, Brewers pitcher that's not there. Yeah, I, I I think the two guys that the Brewers got back are probably major league ready, if not begin the season mid season. But Orioles made a nice little push there. Yeah, that was kind of a surprise to get a, you know a Cy Young candidate type pitcher. Um, I, I think I'm trying to. The, the one person I know that they gave they uh, Orioles gave up was um, D.L. Hall. Yeah. Um, I I don't remember the other name. Um, it was a shortstop. That, I can't remember his name either. But I'm almost positive it was a shortstop. It was an infielder. Okay. That could be ready. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I find it surprising of what the Brewers had done this year it, it's like nobody really wants to take hold of that nl central do they well, a couple things i just looked so burns is in his last year so he could be a free agent in 2025 or maybe so he has one more year at arbitration and then a free agent so maybe they just weren't sold on him and started getting younger and and they have some young guys on that team. Maybe they think they're they can compete because the division's not that great. Well, the Cardinals did that last year, right? And you saw what happened there. Yeah, but maybe they have better players. Uh, I I don't know. And and they also don't forget their their manager left. So um, Craig Council left, and their GM David Stearns left. I I don't know. It, this remains to be seen. Um, but good by the Orioles because they – I did hear news that both Kyle Bradish and John Means, which are going to be part of their starting rotation, are both hurt and might be – Bradish might be out for the year. Well, I didn't realize that. Okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah, but yeah, it is good for them. You know, they, they, they saw they're ready to, to win and added a Cy Young number one starter. Uh, I think that – I'm looking for it now. I thought I saw it. The Brewers um, – Signed Jackson Churio to an eight-year deal. Yes, they yeah, did? that okay. should. I want to say that that's probably a person that Casey is going to retain, right? I I don't know if he had him as a retention, but if he did, I'm certainly I'm sure he will. Yeah, yeah, I I, I, I think he did. And and, and Churio signed one of those uh, Acuna yeah. type contracts, right? Because yeah. he's yep. he's really young. Is he is he even twenty years old yet? I think he's twenty-one. I think he's 21. 19-year-old outfielder. Oh, there you go. Wow. Born in, get this, born in 2004. He'll, he'll turn 20 on March 11th. 
we're in our 20th year. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. <clears throat> oh, brother. Uh, you already had three kids by then. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> High school aged. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, and then some of the guys that I think are still out there that is somewhat surprising. Uh, Blake Snell. Yep. Uh, surprised or not surprised? Well, uh, I'm going to steal. I'm going to steal a little bit of your thunder. Both Blake Snell and you're going to mention um, Jordan Montgomery. I think they're both um, Scott Boris clients. So okay. So the, the answer is no, not surprised. Okay. Cody Bellinger. Yeah, I I would think that that's a perfect spot where he was with the Cubs. Um, and I think I had asked you last year what you thought about him with the Phillies, and you said that you thought that there was already enough left-handed hitting. Yeah. Well, unless they got rid of uh, Marsh and Rojas. I mean, Bellinger can play center field. Yes, he can. He plays it pretty well. Yeah, he does. Yeah. And he can run like Marsh can and Rojas. So. Yeah. Uh, J.D. Martinez. Surprised, not surprised. Um, I'm surprised, um, particularly with the National League having the DH. He, he had a nice year um, last year with the Dodgers, and Bill was the benefit, beneficiary of that. And then Matt Chapman. Uh, when you had Chapman down here, I was thinking of Aroldis Chapman. Yeah, Matt Chapman, I, I think he's – here's the problem for him. He's an elite third baseman defensively. But his offensive numbers have really tailed off the last couple of years. I don't think he's the same offensive player that he was in in, in Oakland. Um, yeah, some. I mean, some these guys will all be playing somewhere by the start of the season or shortly thereafter. Yeah, and speaking about the free agency thing, I saw something maybe on Twitter um, that the owners and the, maybe the commissioner – want a a period of time where free agents can sign and that is such bull crap if they did that they want like Wait, a three-week period where if you're a free agent you have to sign within this three-week period um that only works in the nba and the nfl the 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 players association which is one of the strongest unions they're never going to go yeah, to that well it's ridiculous of course the owners want that yeah um, yeah, I'm seeing what you're. I, I, I'm seeing Chapman's numbers. Um, he's pretty consistent. Uh, last year, he had a bit of a drop off in some of the numbers: homers, RBIs. Um, yeah, all right. And he's going to be 31, but he's still pretty decent. Like I'm sure someone could use him. <laughs> sure, yeah. certainly. And, and, and in case you haven't heard this before from me, um, I'm, I'm down on the owners, and I always will be. How's that? And speaking of Aroldis Chapman, the Buccos signed him. You know, <laughs> I never understand what they're doing that sad sack uh, organization. You don't like Chapman as a lefty coming out of the bullpen? Uh, I, I, I just don't know what they're doing. They just—they they look good. They—they they would they would be happy if they got the eighty-one wins, right? They're just never in it. And again, it's another um, another bad owner. Well, what, no, no, no. That, but that's not my question. Do you are you saying that Aroldis Chapman on a one year deal with a you know lefty coming out of the bullpen is is bad? No. Well, first of all, there's no such thing as a as a bad one year deal, right? Well, 
that's true. Yeah. But it, it, it would seem that there are other pressing needs that they have. Um, it, it seems to be a bit of a luxury for them. For a team that might be starting, you know, I guess Jack Swinski's okay in center field. I don't know. Edward Olivares in right field. I mean, who's your right fielder? I mean, we, 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 I mean of course, the Bush League's always going to root for Connor Joe. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if Connor is going to going to be playing this year. Yeah, I guess they, yeah, they have that. They, who, where, where, where's he from? Seattle? Olivares? Who's that? Edward. Uh, uh, I, I want to say that he came from Kansas City. Kansas he City. played in Kansas, Kansas City, City last right, year. Right, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I, I think Sawinski's pretty good. I think he's getting better. Yeah, I mean, their first base, well, Rowdy Telez, oh, I had him last year. Oh, my gosh. Then you retain what him? What a disaster. I, okay, what, what, what is this? Is this the Inquisition or saying, something like that? I'm just bringing let's up just a let, question. Let's just let last year be last year. I just asked you a question. That's all. That's all I asked. All right, um, I, I'm still better. I don't think I'm missing any big names. Uh, Jorge Soler signed with the Giants, I think. It's been reported for like four days, but I think he actually inked his name there. Although, I, I man, Soler is a weird player. Like, you never know what you're going to get with that guy. Uh, I'd agree with that. Especially in a big park like that. I don't know if he's hitting 36 homers there. Uh, a three-year, $42 million contract. Hmm. Yeah. Good for him. Yeah. Yeah, no. I, yeah, I'm not blaming him. I'm just saying I, I he, he's risky. All right, so think about risky. This is my last question about the baseball. Yeah. Uh, of these four or five players, Snell, Bellinger, Montgomery, J.D. Martinez, and Chapman, who has the biggest uh, risk with with the signing? Which player is the biggest risk to sign? Yeah. Um, in in my mind, for the money you're going to have to pay and what they're asking, it's Blake Snell. Boom. I agree. Yeah. I would probably hedge my bet and pay less and less years for Jordan Montgomery if I needed a lefty starter. Yeah, I I, I think Jordan Montgomery his 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 ceiling is not as high as Blake Snell, but the floor is not as low either. Yeah, that's what I'm, yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. Well, and, and if we're talking about people with, with, with uh, high ceilings and low floor, I mean, nobody personifies that any better than then, Cody Bellinger. <laughs> Bellinger, yeah. Could get 50 homers, could get 50 hits. We don't Yeah, yeah, don't right, know. right. <laughs> we don't know. <laughs> we'll let you know about mid-April. When... <laughs> Man, that's such, that's such a big risk there. Yeah, it is. Yeah, even even with his age, it's a big risk. You know. Hey, were there any other big moves this year of players coming over from the American League to the? Oh, oh, oh! Here we go. Here's one. Teoscar Hernandez. Oh yeah. The Dodgers did. Yeah, the Dodgers. Yeah. The Dodgers did a nice job of finding players. They're they're, they're they're pretty serious this year, aren't they? I mean, they're serious every year. Uh, yeah. I guess he's gonna play every day. Like, I can't believe you wouldn't. Um. I wonder what that does to Chris Taylor. Though Betts came in the infield, so he's going to play second base. Uh, and they traded um, Lux. Who's their shortstop? 
Whoa, whoa, whoa. Wait a second. Wait a second. Let's go back for a second. Lux is going to play shortstop. Betts is going to play second base. Oh, that's right. Who, who, who did, at least, who at least did that's what trade? they talked about. Yeah. But whether that is a full year, who knows? Yeah, Betts going to play second. Who did the who did the Dodgers trade to the right? They traded one of their infielders. Huh. I can't remember. Well, that. you know, I, I'm just salivating, as I'm sure the rest of the league is. And Mookie Betts has uh, second base. El- I think we've talked about this before. I, I think he has second, short, and third eligibility. He does. Yeah, he's like the new Chris Taylor. Shit. Yeah. Uh, except better. <laughs> <laughs> a little better. Except a little bit better. A little, a little bit, bit better. better. Uh, now, the, the Dodgers, the Dodgers have some question marks. They got Lux at shortstop. It's always a question when you're a young player playing that position. Of course, all he has to do is pick up the baseball. Um, James Altman, who's a good player, he had a good year last year, young. But there's always the question, and Jason Hayward. And then yeah, Teoscar Henderson uh, left field. So uh, they got Margot as a backup. They got Chris Taylor, who can play every day in a different position. Um, they got Muncie, who can DH at times and play first base. I don't know how many first base days he's going to take over Freddie Freeman. And then he'll play third yeah. base. Um, yeah, they, so they, they have some, I guess they have some question marks. And they got some question marks on, on the pitching side. I think their best pitchers probably, uh, well, you got Glass now, Yamamoto, Bobby Miller, and then Bueller coming back from the injury. And Glass now is kind of hitting this. Um, if we, well, when you say hit or miss, it's if he's injured or not. That's what I meant. Uh, yeah, which, if he's which on he the has mound. been. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And I have no idea I mean, what Yamamoto. Is doing. They, they, and they still have, they, they still have, um, you know, those, those young, which were rookies last year, Sheehan, Grove, mm-hmm. Stone, yeah, that, that, yep. that could turn things around. And, and I think that they actually signed James Paxton. They who, did. Who used to be good. <laughs> he did used to be good. <laughs> yeah. Dodgers, yeah, they signed Paxton instead of Snell or, or uh, Montgomery. There you go. And 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 didn't um and didn't um Clayton Kershaw? Yeah, he resigned with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I forgot about it. Yeah, that. don't 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 cry for the Dodgers. They'll be fine. Oh, I'm not crying. Just... Yeah, I know you are not, but I'm just saying they'll they'll be there. Oh, and to answer your question, uh, Pirates will have Brian Reynolds, Jack Swinski, and Edward Olivares. Okay. And they got a decent infield except for Telez. What what is what does decent mean? Well, O'Neill Cruz. Uh, yeah, I I know you're in love with him. I mean, nothing's really happened. No, no. Him. I know, I he, know. he got hurt. He got yeah. hurt last year. He could he could be great. He could be. I think he's going to be good. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but think, Brian Hayes really hasn't lived up to his expectations well, yet. Well, I don't think he's a. Th- He's he's at third base. He's not gonna put up third base numbers. He's not gonna hit three yeah. homers. But if he can get to twenty five and seventy five on either end, um, I I think you know, I think they'll be all right. The infield and uh, Pigario is supposed to be pretty good as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know how they're to say still looking at four, They're still looking at fourth or fifth in the central. Then you, you got Cutch. Central division. You got Cutch coming what? back. Cutch, designated hitter. Andrew yeah, McCutcheon. I'm, I'm sorry. I, I know you like them. I'm just not feeling it with this team again. Oh, brother. 
look at that pitching staff. Mitch Keller, Martin Perez, Marco Gonzalez. How old is yeah. that guy? Luis Ortiz 30. is barely full. Their best Marco part of their pitching staff is, uh, their, he... is their relief pitching. Go ahead. Marco Gonzalez. 30, 32. Okay. He's been around a bit. Fun fact. He was traded to Seattle with Tyler O'Neill. Oh, was he? Ah. Yeah. Okay. It is a fun fact. That worked out pretty well for the Cardinals. <laughs> worked out well for both teams, both organizations. <laughs> uh, Marco Gonzalez had some pretty good years. He did. Yeah. But he's, he's, he's not a... He's not a stopper. No? No. No. But <laughs> but neither was O'Neill. Only thing he well, stopped was playing. <laughs> right. Okay. Uh, I do have a twib note this week brought to you by Schaefer. Schaefer, the one beer to have if you're having more than one. It's called a Conrad Col- Conrad Kolsch. A Kolsch Black Forest Brewery yeah. and Effort of PA. Um, I had it at, at the Effort of Brew Fest in the summer. It was okay. hor- it was horrible. <laughs> it was just horrible. Just... Um, yeah, I was gonna say, I, you know who would like Colts type beers? I think would be Bob Kirk. So I, I don't know if they're really filled with flavor. It was not. Uh, I'm not particularly a Colts fan. I mean, it, it, on a hot summer's day, it, it'll it'll do fine. But I... what didn't you like specifically about it? Everything. It was disgusting. <laughs> It was, it's, it was of all the ones in here. I have one more that's just as bad that we'll get to. In fact, and, and then uh, you're gonna start, you're gonna start a new list. Yeah, a lot of these. yeah. Let, let 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 me cover that one too. I had it at the Barnstormers. This thing's called the Orange Pollinator Hefeweizen. Hefeweizen. Hefeweizen is that yeah. what you said? From Saint Boniface Brewing in Ephrata, another Ephrata brewery. It was disgusting. I I, I couldn't wow. even finish it. Okay, so you know a Hefeweizen is, is a wheat beer, right? And oh, a wheat beer okay. for a lot of people is, 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 a, is a polarizing type of beer. Ah, all right. I didn't know that. Yeah. It, I wonder if the other – is a Kolsch a wheat beer too? I don't believe so. Okay. I, I think it's just it's just a non-flavored beer. <laughs> <laughs> right. How's that for a technical it's just, analysis? It's just really bad. Yeah. So um, – uh, and I'm uh, not this week, but next week, me and the girls are going to. Uh, there's a new brewery at Lancaster. It's called Hell in a Bucket. And it's uh, Grateful Dead oriented. Uh, oh, okay. Music, and, and they brew their own beer, and, and we're going out next Thursday. Mm. So all we. The same case isn't going. They could play Casey Jones. <laughs> right. That's Yeah, it, this is a little south of Lancaster, so um, I'm just going to take the girls next week nice. we'll see how it goes that's um, awesome and then i um, i have some from my from my trip to maryland as well that i have to add on here excellent um hey just a little beer note here that if anybody ever goes to hawaii in particular honolulu by far the best brewery in honolulu is hanakoa um i sent you and bill um their beer list they they are actually absolutely spectacular in their beers their food i love it so much there yeah i think yeah i think i've had kona beer no this is hanakoa, hanakoa. no kona okay. beer kona beer is 
um, is actually owned by Anheuser-Busch. And oh, you, you, okay. I'm sure you've had a lot of Kona beers because since it's Anheuser-Busch, they probably sell a lot of those yeah. um, at stadiums now. They had them at the White Sox um, Stadium. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and Kona has a, a presence in uh, – in Hawaii, Kai, they have a nice little restaurant there, and their beers, their beer is uh, is, is good. Um, it's, yeah, I, I think you got to go to the breweries though, because that's where they have you know a little bit more of the uh, the seasonal slash specialty type beers as opposed to, to, to being mass produced. Okay, yeah, all right. yeah, I get that. And and I know you're not into seltzers, but Kona <coughs> Kona has some pretty good seltzer. Yeah, I'm not into seltzers. No. No, I, I, to be honest with you, I don't know if I've ever tried a seltzer. Well, well how can you say you're not into it then? You got to try it. Nah, it's not appealing to me. All right, do this: get get lime vodka, and put that in there. And now does it have any more appeal to you? <laughs> Possibly. <laughs> <laughs> no. Possibly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. You got to use it in ways that wasn't intended. <laughs> right. Things are always better that way. You know that. <laughs> oh boy! Uh, all right, I what, guess we should press on. What are you walking off with? <laughs> oh my! Um, so you've heard me rail against MLB TV because I I had a vendetta that was really largely driven due to the Cardinals' miserable failure of a season last year, and um, by early August uh, I was done watching the Cardinals. I just I just couldn't do it. I couldn't slog through. I mean, the only thing good about the Cardinals. Last year was the fact that games were only about two and a half hours versus three hours. Right. Um, so I tried on the MLB TV website to to cancel halfway through the season or two-thirds of the way through the season and couldn't find it. And so I called them, and they said, well, according to the terms and conditions, you have to pay for the entire year. So then, you know, I threw a hissy fit, right, and said, well, I'm getting my money back. I'm not going to buy this until June and that will give me uh, a chance to get my money back and also determine if the Cardinals are even going to be worth watching this year. Right. Okay. That's a good strategy so, though. Right. Right. And, yeah. and it's all because I, I had a hissy fit. That's all. Um, Did so you? Uh, I, I get this bright idea while I'm sitting on the beach in, in, in Hawaii, um, according to Ziggy Marley on the beach in Hawaii. And I see that you can actually uh, sign up for the MLB Players Association, get a membership there for $25, MLB Players Association. And what that entitles you to, amongst other things, is a 50% discount on MLB TV. Really? So I could save, yeah, I could save, it's $150 for the season. Right. So I could save $75 there and pay $25 for the membership that means I'm saving $50, which is the money that I was out last year. So who knows what I'm going to do between now and the uh, beginning of the season. So uh, so you're going to join a union to save 75 bucks. Yeah, because okay. you know you know me. I want to stick it to the man. No better way. Okay. <laughs> signing, up to the, signing up for a union and saving $75. Okay. <laughs> yeah, and, and believe me, the smaller the amount of money to save, the more I want to do it. Right, even if you save like three dollars and fifty cents, it's worth it. Jump all over the dollars to get to the pennies. <laughs> all right, what, what, what else you got? 
Hey, uh, yeah, you know, this is, and, and this is on, on a more serious and, and, and somber note. Um, you had sent us uh, the obituary of um, our high school coach, Denny McKernan, and uh, I just want to take a couple minutes to, to talk about that because he was my first high school coach. In fact, I think I was the first class to have him as a high school coach. Um, he had coached. Um, our team in 1979 um, when Jack Hughes, who was the incumbent coach, was on sabbatical. And um, um, he actually, um, I, I didn't start the year um, as a junior, um, as the starting shortstop. He had me playing third base, center field, um, any other position. I think I actually even DH'd um, just, just to be in the lineup every day. Um, and that lasted probably five or ten games into the season until the incumbent shortstop um, was kicked off the team. Then I played shortstop the rest of the time. But had him for that one year, um, worked a couple camps with him. I, I, I just really liked the guy. And, you know, as we talked about earlier in the podcast about managers that looked older than their true age, I didn't realize he was probably around the age of 34 when he started managing um, us in, in high school, and I just I just really liked the guy, and uh, I just had fond memories uh, of him. And you know, you, me, um, Bill, Bob, Bob, Kirk played for him. I'm not sure if anybody else uh, in the league played for him, but you know, I always had a high opinion of him. But never really never saw him um, after I guess I saw him 82 or 83 was the last time I saw him. When he was also managing with um, or coaching with with uh, Casey Scherfel, yeah, um, for uh, in, in uh, junior or American League baseball, but just you know, uh, a shout out to him, and just wanted to know you know your thoughts because he was, I guess, full time manager by the time you got to play for him in high school. Yeah, uh, so I played. Well, I would when I was a sophomore, I played JV. But we'd all practice together for the most part. Um, and then a junior and then senior year. Um, yeah, I, I liked playing for him, too. Uh, it, it, it was definitely a different time of what high school coaches did and as far as uh, teaching and how many like other coaches there are now for a high school team. Like now, high school teams have three coaches. Like they're, yeah. they're, they're not like the teacher that signs up to be the JV coach. They're like three coaches. You know what I mean? So yeah. he, he literally ran that practice by himself, which is, you can't do. And, and it was That's just, so tough. it was just the times, you know what I mean? Um, yeah, I, 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 I liked playing for him. I never had a problem with him. Um, I, I, let me go back here. What, what did the kid get kicked off for? Got, I had no idea. Oh, okay. I, I had no idea what, what he was. But he was, you know, he was a year ahead of me, senior. You can probably guess who he was. He was a starting quarterback on the, his senior year in high school. And oh, yeah. yeah. Um, I, I good, af good, af good athlete, but just wasn't all there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, uh, yeah, so I wouldn't know that. I was probably in eighth grade at the time. So, um, yeah, I enjoyed playing for him, always encouraging to me. Um, he he worked with me on some things uh, defensively, but I, I think, yeah, I, I think I got better 
as I, you know, as I physically developed too. But yeah, he was a good coach. But but it, that's a sign of a good coach, right? Helping you get better, particularly as and you make a good distinction between developing your baseball skills and just maturing physically too. Yeah, right? and, yeah, yeah. And there's a combination mm-hmm. there. But you know, he taught me some things about baseball that had, you know had kind of been uh, o- overlooked. On I'm going to say he was one of the best coaches I had for baseball. And another one was oh gosh, his last name was Murphy, and he was a principal. He was only there for he was a Norchester coach, something okay. like that. Mm-hmm. He was uh, he was a really good coach that, that I had too. Um, but yeah, um, you know, sad to see that, but um, um, had fond memories of him. Yeah, he was definitely someone that um, uh, I, I the one thing I, I think looking back, he was a big proponent of not having any of his either of his middle infielders or his center fielder pitch because it's the heart of the defense, and I think we would have been better served to put Stan and, and Dan Crossman on the mound mm. and, and just sacrifice the defense at, you know, for six innings, but Stan could throw the ball hard. And I, I think, I think we were, we, we probably came up short because we struggled pitch pitching wise. I mean, okay. we would just get outscored when we lose. And, you know, you brought up a really good point. I think he was one of the first base, baseball coaches that I had that really had the, that baseball strategy. Yeah, you know, he did. You know, yeah. they'll, they'll te- teach you some – certainly he, he had the skill sets um, to, to, to tell you the you know, details of baseball, but also had the, uh, the skill set of, of, of managing the game and telling you the reasons why. Because I, I want to say that he played in the uh, – the Kansas City A's organization in in the sixties. Yeah, he, he did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I we'd have to we'd have to ask Bill, um, but I know that the two guys at the top of our lineup had a green light to to run at any time they wanted to, unless he put the stop on them. They had a green light. Um, and, and uh, until you mentioned it, I forgot about that. But yes, he he allowed me to do that too. Pretty much said, hey. If you can take this, unless I tell you not, yeah. you're you're yeah. you're free to go. And it, yeah, it was, it was like the '82 Cardinals. At least tried to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and and th- there were some things uh, later on that I think he instituted. Um, so my brother didn't play for him in high school, but my brother's friends played for him, and my brother used it when he got to co- when he started coaching at the college level. Is uh, you know t- someone like Bill or or maybe yourself, Stan, guys who can run, that reading the catcher's glove. So anytime my brother, and he got it off at Denny, anytime uh, he would teach the runners, you see the glove, catcher's glove go upside down, go. Just go. Because the, mm. if that thing hits the dirt, they're not – no one at that level is throwing you out. Mm. You know right. what I mean? Yeah. So learning how to read that, I mean, that was – that's pretty advanced for a for a high school team at that time. I, you know, I, yes, well said. Yeah. Well said. You know, now it's completely different. Now it's like college. They got coaches all over the damn place. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. Um, all right. So we're next up um, for everybody. Three weeks uh, from yesterday, uh, March 11th. Um, we should be dropping the podcast sometime that that morning. We'll be talking about MLB predictions. 
And then on uh, two weeks from then, uh, March 25th, believe it or not, we'll be reviewing the Bush League draft. And in, in April, we'll we'll start taking a list of any owners that want to be on the show. Hey, right? w- hey wait a minute. Um, yeah. If the draft is on the 23rd, yep. w- when does retention need to be in? I think it. I think we said the week before. Week before. At yeah, okay. eleven fifty nine p.m. I think you had written that down too in the rules. So it would be twenty third, sixteenth. Okay. So it's, March sixteenth. It's after our retention. March eleventh. Yeah, it's after um, our March eleventh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah, that's uh, that's good. So I, I guess you got to start right. thinking about that too. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, it's bad. It's bad. All right. I put the last year behind me. So, uh, Bob Kirk, uh, just to call out to you, just shoot us a uh, start time for Saturday, preferably not early morning since many of us are driving down Saturday morning. Yes. Yeah. Preferably. All right. You out? All right. Aloha, Chief. See you.